The Biden-Harris administration targets China as the greatest threat to U.S. national security. The January 6th committee stamped former President Donald Trump as the architect of the insurrection. Access to Venezuela oil, perhaps, but not without preconditions. Russian attempt, attempted annexation of Ukraine territory and attacks on Ukraine civilian targets met with Washington and global condemnation. Saudi Arabia and Russia collaborated on cutting global oil supplies, negatively impacting the global community and new possibilities freeing Venezuela to pump oil are issues dominating the Washington agenda, each having implications for the November elections. I am Ambassador Curtis Ward, and this is the Washington Report. On October 12, the Biden-Harris administration issued its first national security strategy, the framework for U.S. engagement globally. At the center of the strategy is how the Biden-Harris administration intends to engage China on U.S. and global security, economic and trade competitiveness, and U.S. willingness to cooperate to solve global issues such as climate change, food security, and pandemics. The strategy identifies the most pressing strategic challenges to pursue a free, open, prosperous, and secure world are from powers that layer authoritarian governance with a revisionist foreign policy. In his introduction to the strategy, President Biden said, Autocrats are working overtime to undermine democracy and export a model of governance marked by repression at home and abroad. In targeting China directly, the strategy identifies the emerging economic powerhouse as the only competitor with both the intent and increasingly the capability to reshape the international order. While the strategy identifies the significant geopolitical, economic, and security challenges at stake with regard to China, it said the Biden-Harris administration will also act with international partners to constrain a dangerous Russia. President Biden condemned Russia's brutal and unprovoked war on Ukraine as having shattered peace in Europe and impacted stability everywhere. He said Russia's reckless nuclear threats endanger the global non-proliferation regime. There is a lot to unpack in the Biden-Harris administration's 45-page national security strategy, including the framework for future U.S. geopolitical, economic, and security engagements in every region of the world, including the Western Hemisphere. All governments should seek to understand the plethora of implications of the strategy, 
for their individual countries, regional and sub-regional organizations and regions. I plan on expanding on some of the critical issues in the strategy in future analyses in the World Post, as well as in my podcasts. The January 6th Committee, in what is likely to be its final public meeting, meticulously dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's, wrapping full responsibility for the January 6th, 2021 insurrection around former President Donald Trump and identified his co-conspirators who sought to overthrow the legitimate election of President Joseph Biden. The committee over the past several months has provided overwhelming evidence of the planning and implementation of the plot, identified the major conspirators and Trump's central role in bringing American democracy to the edge of destruction. The committee concluded by informing the public that it was contemplating making several criminal referrals to the Justice Department, which already is investigating them, adding a high probability they will be prosecuted. The closing bombshell was the committee voting unanimously to subpoena Trump to testify before the committee. There is very little expectation Trump will comply with the subpoena. Russian attempted annexation of Ukraine territory and attacks on Ukraine civilian targets have been broadly rejected and condemned. The Biden administration, in rejecting Vladimir Putin's actions, said the international community will never recognize his illegal annexation of Ukraine's territory. The US also blasted Russia for deliberately bombing civilian targets, killing civilians, and destroying their homes in Ukraine, warning that Russia will be held accountable by the international community. The US led the United Nations General Assembly in voting overwhelmingly to condemn Russia's attempted annexation and reaffirming the sovereignty, independence, unity, and territorial integrity of Ukraine with its internationally recognized borders. A similar resolution in the Security Council was vetoed by Russia. With 143 countries of the 193 UN member states voting for the resolution, only four, Belarus, Nicaragua, North Korea, and Syria joined Russia in voting not to condemn Russia. Every Caribbean country voted in support of the resolution, except for Cuba, which abstained. 35 countries, including China, India, Cuba, Pakistan, and South Africa, abstained. Venezuela, Iran, and eight other countries did not vote. It is clear from prior votes in the UN General Assembly, the international community is united against Russia's war on Ukraine. And President Biden can be credited for building that coalition and maintaining it thus far. The OPEC plus one decision 
to cut daily production of oil by 2 million barrels threatens global economic recovery and stability and will hurt small non-oil producing states disproportionately. A possible option with great uncertainty attached, including capacity, is whether Venezuela could return to oil production to help reduce the economic impact of the untimely action by the Saudi Arabia and Russia collaboration, which not only hurt already small struggling economies, but the higher prices will contribute significantly to helping Putin finance his illegal war on Ukraine. Although President Biden promised a response to Saudi Arabia's collusion with Russia, and some members of Congress are calling for sanctions and ending of U.S. arms sales to the kingdom, any response by the Biden-Harris administration will have to be measured and take into consideration the importance of the Saudis to U.S. Middle East policy, including collaboration with Israel against Iran. Rising prices at the pump could also have a negative impact on Democrats in the November elections. The question is whether these dynamics will force President Biden to ease sanctions on Venezuela and free up the Nicolas Maduro government to cash in on the higher prices for oil. The Biden-Harris administration is under pressure to receive concessions from Venezuela before easing the sanctions. Required concessions would include actions by Maduro to settle the political impasse in Venezuela and setting a course for free and fair elections in 2024. If Maduro takes steps towards these actions, Biden is likely to receive the support of Bob Menendez, the powerful chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, though vehemently opposed to Maduro. There is much at stake for Venezuela and oil-consuming countries, particularly in the Caribbean region. Venezuela would gain much needed revenue. For the Caribbean, the possibility of revising the Petrocarib Agreement or a similar oil supply agreement would be greatly enhanced. It could also lift the freeze on joint gas production between Venezuela and Trinidad and Tobago, for which the Trinidad and Tobago government has been lobbying, lobbying heavily in Washington. Many uncertainties across a spectrum of geopolitical and security issues lie ahead. I am Ambassador Curtis Ward, and this is The Washington Report.